Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment. We're going to be speaking with Professor Florian Salzbacher. He's co-founder, chairman, and president of BlackRock Neurotech. He's joining us on the program to discuss the Move Again Brain Computer Interface, or BCI system, that the FDA has recently granted a breakthrough device designation. Welcome to Health Professional Radio. Professor Salzbacher, thank you for joining Thank you very much for the invitation. It's a great pleasure and honor to be there, and I appreciate being able to discuss this with you. Well, as co-founder, chairman, and president of BlackRock, give us a little insight into BlackRock's mission, if you would. BlackRock really was created from the get-go with the vision and mission to try and help people that have lost motor and sensory function due to disease or accident, and to try and help and, and restore that, give back hope. Um, something that goes back almost uh, 30 years, I started as a late uh, teenager uh, working with, uh, with disabled children at that time. And my mother was working in, in uh, physical rehabilitation. And it irked me that even in those times, uh, as a society, we had so little advances in terms of the tools that we could provide to people that needed that help. And so that linked to a very long and uh, winded path uh, through my education and then eventually both on, on faculty at the University of Utah working on implantable devices uh, to help enable uh, precision medicine and personalized healthcare with a keen focus on neurological disorders. And then the technologies that, uh, together with many collaborators, were developed that led to BlackRock Microsystems, which is now BlackRock Neurotech, uh, uh, which we've used to then disseminate the technologies and originally enable research labs worldwide to make progress in understanding neurological disorders and find ways to restore function. And then uh, more recently, with uh, you know iterations of clinical products that I'm really, really grateful uh, for and excited about us being able to to launch so that we finally get to a point where people don't have to be part of a multi-billion dollar study to try out a new technology, but to actually get access to that and and restore some of those things that you and I will take for granted. Now, it's my understanding that there are about 31 patients worldwide with implantable BCIs or these brain-computer interfaces. 29 of them, uh, I understand, are using BlackRock technology. Uh, describe how BCIs are used in humans and BlackRock's role in these technological developments. Gladly will. So first of all, uh, it's actually a moving target. Now, I think the current tally is about 34, okay. out of which first BlackRock there's a, a company called uh, Synchron that has a, a different approach um, and it's also quite uh, quite intriguing. They've just had their first patients about a year ago and very recently have added another two with their approach. Um, so we're no longer alone, which I think is a wonderful thing. There are more and more players entering the field, which I think will help all of us provide more and more options to people that need it. Now, what a brain-computer interface is, is in the end uh, an, an implant, um, a device uh, that allows yeah, a, a person to use the naturally occurring neural signals in their brain. For example, what, what your brain does when you're moving your arm or when we're speaking right now, to record those signals at ideally an individual neuron level, which is what we're doing, um, and then to recognize those patterns, decode them, and use it to 
affect something in the outside world. So we have tetraplegics, for example, that control, you know, computer systems that can, uh, you know, create mobility, can control a uh, robotic arm, or, you know, um, we can convert uh, thoughts to to text um, in in order to start restoring some some of that function. Now, brain computer interfaces in general come in all sorts of shapes and forms. There are some players out there that look at uh, sort of more consumer-based tools that are maybe enhancements for computer games, sort of uh, electroencephalogram type, external electrodes, helmets, headsets that record, you know, the summation of, of some of the brain signals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they're, they're in uh, comparison a lot more limited in the function that you can accomplish uh, when when you actually implant a device. I understand also that the FDA has uh, granted breakthrough device designation for this device. Uh, what does that approval mean uh, for the industry? The uh, breakthrough designation was a, a very important milestone um, because it signifies that it's something that otherwise doesn't exist, is not available, and that has significant value mm in the healthcare system to help people. What it does in practice is it gives you an accelerated path uh, for feedback, you know, for any kind of FDA inquiry or application that you do, you get accelerated treatment, which really helps because that means that your commercial approval processes, any increase, any feedback on test results happens quicker which means you get quicker to the point that uh, a product is uh, approved for marketing, which means uh, a a person who's not part of a study but just goes to their doctor and would like to have access can get access. So that is really the the important point. It uh, highlights, of course, the value of the technology. There has been some debate originally in Congress to automatically provide reimbursement for a period of five years that part of the legislation has unfortunately not made it through yet, but it does show that the United States is very committed to helping accelerate innovation because traditionally these approval processes are fairly fairly slow. And if that were to be added, that would be wonderful, but it's not gonna slow us down in any way, shape or form if that doesn't happen because we're still uh, set to start commercializing uh, these products in 2022. So. We're, we're getting very close here. Now, there are a, a vast number of people just in the United States alone living with some sort of paralysis. Uh, where do you see BCI technology in the future? So the original motivation uh, for me personally has always been to really, as I said, help restore function. And there are significant numbers of people that suffer from different and varying degrees of paralysis, all the way from severe tetraplegia or cases uh, where people go into locked-in syndrome uh, because they suffer from ALS. That is a really, really horrifying situation where their brain is fully capable, but they're locked in, they can't communicate. And restoring that is is really important. So we start in those areas. We'll transition from that into areas where maybe there are less severe paralysis. Uh, Obviously, we want to restore a sensory feedback, something that is often underappreciated by us. Uh, you know, it's not only walking, talking, communicating, but it's also 
you know, we take for granted that we feel the world around us. Very important to your, your mental health and well-being. Um, and it improves the performance and everything. But in principle, these brain-computer interfaces are a platform technology. Once you have established the safety and the ability to chronically record very, very high-resolution brain signals continuously and use them to control external devices to restore function, these are also able to be used in areas such as pain, depression, PTSD, you know, other neurological disorders mm-hmm. um, that uh, that right now have very, very limited treatment options. Most of them are pharmaceutical and uh, there are limitations there. So the big hope is, and there's enough indications there now that we may be going through a similar revolution as what we've seen when the Human Genome Project started that has revolutionized some of the drug developments and treatments. I do believe that in you know 10 to 20 years from now we'll have these type of implants be possibly as common as and and taken for granted as a cardiac pacemaker is today where um, a lot of uh, neurological disorders you know can step by step be understood better and then treated um, either in a combination of pharmaceuticals and and um, you know electrophysiological treatments or sometimes without any uh, pharmacological treatments because we recognize um, the signals that cause bouts of depression and we know how to to modulate those in a way that we can restore well-being. So it's it's really, we're just scratching the surface. It's a little bit like the Kitty Hawk with the Wright Brothers mm-hmm. where we yeah, it can fly and we're just uh, starting to, to have this take off. It is very important to me to be able to really clearly express how grateful I am that that we've been able to get here and to acknowledge the many, many people that were involved uh, getting there. You know, this is, uh, um, you know, when people talk about, you know, uh, Hannibal crossed the Alps or the pharaohs built the pyramids, there were a lot of people involved. And it's the same thing here. I consider myself very fortunate having been able to to drive this, uh, contribute in many areas, but it's really, you know, a lot of people, collaborators, customers, partners at institutions and hospitals worldwide, the pioneers that had the courage, the patients to try it out as the first generation, um, you know, 130 engineers and, and scientists within the company, the university team. So there are a lot of people and uh, it's, it's personally important to me to, to make sure that this is that people are aware of that, we stand and fall with the team. Well, if you would, Professor, give us a website where we can learn more about BlackRock and about the Move Again Brain Computer Interface System. Um, that would be www.blackrockneurotech.com. Um, that's the webpage that shows all the uh, the products that were that we're launching right now gives you some insight into how patients and users uh, see what we're doing. Uh, you will also find some links to the part of the business where we came from, uh, which is where we started supporting the research markets. Very often people uh, don't don't understand. They see sort of when things really take off, but um, they sort of forget that often there was a long history of step-by-step step systematically getting to this point and, uh, and enabling that. Well, I sure appreciate you joining us here, sharing some of your time with us, Professor. 
I really appreciate that and uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to present what we're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Professor Florian Salzbecker. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download it, SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com health professional radio.